Welcome to From the Rookery End, another weekly podcast. Um, we, we start this as the uh, Cardiff team walk past us outside the, the Rookery End. Did uh, Tommy Thuth just went past, uh, didn't he, Jace? Yep, and Hyde's Hyde's oh, Hyde gone the wrong way. He's forgotten. He's forgotten. Eh? Um, did, <laughs> he was did, about to walk into the Rookery End there, wasn't he, I think? <laughs> Do you reckon Tommy came on his own? I reckon his dad just dropped him off on the corner, like old days. <laughs> just uh, Maybe Malky gave him a lift because they both live up the road. Uh, that's the voice of David Levy, uh, who's with us today because Mike's uh, off on a stag do. Uh, my name's John, with me is Jason. Hello. And uh, we are a pre-Cardiff at Watford. Like I said, Mike is on a, on a stag do. Uh, he hasn't been banned by the uh, Football League for his abuse of linesmen. Uh, if you didn't see uh, the late kickoff last week where Mike won the At Your Place uh, competition, uh, which was fantastic, and uh, live, uh, on, not live, on, on television, he was heard doing this to linesmen. Mike has a look of a fan who's about to get irrational. Are you watching this time, linesman? Are you watching? Come on, linesman! What are you doing, man? Utterly dismal. No, no! No, linesman! Come on, man! I feel like Graham Taylor. Linesman, linesman! <laughs> and uh, that's that, not going to happen today, so linesman no, can be nice and relaxed. He's not I hate to say, but you know, I've said he's on a stag do in Amsterdam. I've got visions of him running around Amsterdam going, whores, whores! <laughs> <laughs> David, uh, this is your, uh, your, your second time with us this season. Uh, no, third time with us this season. Third, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, last time we chat, we, we were chatting about did one want for the go up. Yeah, yeah, you didn't then. How are you feeling now? I'm, I'm warming to the idea. I mean, I still think <laughs> I should start any comments by saying what a privilege it is to be talking about not just on from on on from the rookery end, but no, what a privilege it is to be even talking about us having a chance. Yeah. And it looked a couple of weeks ago the bad run that we um, none of the players or the manager wanted us to go up but that win on Tuesday is, has brought us back in and yeah, you know, I can't lie I'm excited it, it, you know I'm not saying it would be no fun to go up I'm just a little bit wary about the premiership and the fans and the cost and the odd times but you know the financial implications of going up are so big and could be you know tr- truly transformative for this club but 68 million is the bottom yeah. line difference between to do a reading yeah. yeah 68 million yeah and, and actually watching I mean, Southampton versus Reading was on TV today, and it's just such a championship match, it's beyond a joke. But to watch a Reading team with some former Watford players in it, you know, it, it made me think the quality of players we've got here this season really is outstanding. We thought Mariapa was, you know, uh, all set for the Premiership, and he was shocking today. And so um, I just, yeah, it is exciting. You know, there's no doubt that this group of players is. I think in all my time watching Watford is the most talented group. Yeah, Might not yeah, be yeah. the most hardworking, but they're talented and they're tight as a unit. And it's exciting. You know, it's six games to go. We're in a great chance. Let's see what happens. Let's try and win today and it gets very, very interesting. You mentioned Tuesday, um, the, the one year win away at Hull. Jason, do you enjoy listening to that game? Oh, man, that was hard work. <laughs> I, I, I have to be honest, I, I don't enjoy listening to Watford games generally. I just find it too much Maybe. hard work. I want to I watch it. Um, obviously, when... I can't go to games, away games. I do not listen to them. I tend to try, try and avoid and just maybe the odd look on Twitter and see what's happening. I was, I was sitting there and I think my legs were going. I was so nervous. I well, I was let out a couple of yelps. Once when the goal's gone in and the final whistle, you know, just a relief of, a release of tension, I think. 
Yeah. No, I said to the, uh, I said to the wife, I said, uh, I'm listening to the game, but when I throw my headphones out, you'll know that Watford have gone behind, and that's when I'm going to stop listening. So I listened to the whole game. Um, like I say, it's, it's so hard to listen to, to the games at home. Um, did, you, uh, did you guys go for five live, or did you stay loyal to John Marks? No, it's just Marks. I, 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 I ended up on five live because I was listening on my laptop, and obviously three counters you can't oh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. do through laptops. So I was listening to five live, and to Robbie Savage, who was actually... Quite, quite kind about what yeah. the, the shock, the most impressive thing about the evening was not just that we went to Hull and won one nil, not just Troy's amazing goal, but Robbie Savage was heard to say nice things about Watford, which was I started to get concerned at that point. Um, but yeah, no, I was actually on a bus during the first half, so I could only listen to Five Live on my phone. Um, thanks Apple for the iPhone Five. Um, <laughs> but then, and so I thought superstitiously, I've got you know things were going okay. I've got to stay with Five Live. So, but I've heard actually the SoundCloud clip of John Marks and Luther yes. Yes. when yes. Troy scored, and that was absolutely wonderful. And that was, um, yeah, everyone I know who listened to Luther said what analysis he added. So I hope that he's. I, I, I want, hope I see him at Peterborough next week. I hope well, I see I him want, at Millwall. I want Luther to. Um, he did several bits in that commentary. He was so rallying. Yeah. yeah, get the troops going. It was like, ah, oh, keep going, Luther. Keep going. That'll, you stand up in front of the boys every, every week saying something like that. At least someone do that. That'll, that'll be absolutely fine. He's so, do you remember the guy in the, in the pink shirt who we had yes, in 1999, Kieran. Yeah. Kieran? Yeah, Luther is the new Kieran. That's, the new Kieran. Yeah. Yeah. Talking of superstitions, actually, I needed a wee all the way through the second half, but I didn't move from my seat <laughs> just in case it brought bad luck to the team. That's how, that's how bad I am listening to And Jason goes to the, the toilet radio. a lot. I do, yeah, I do. <laughs> It's a bad thing about when we go to the pub before the games, because normally it goes straight through Jason. It does. Uh, we're going to uh, chat about uh, the rest of the season, the games that remain, uh, once we've seen the Cardiff game. I uh, was going to chat about the fact that the west side of the Vicarage Road end uh, today is unreserved seating. Um, a bit of a trial that the, the, the club are doing. Um, but we're first of all going to go uh, and speak to that man uh, who does commentate on Watford every single week, uh, Mr John Marks. And he gets to do things like this every week. Abdi's... Eased away from one defender and then Deeney tries to chop and finds the top corner! What a goal from Troy Deeney! And in some style too, into the top corner, Hull City nil, Watford one. Well, first of all, happy birthday for the other day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I wondered what it's been like, you know, when you go into press rooms up and down the country before and after games. Have you noticed a a, a real difference? There's been a lot of talk in the papers um, about the model and the pozos, etc., but have you noticed the real difference in the way people are covering Watford? A lot more attention or analysis? Um, only in the last couple of months, since since a, a certain high-profile mm-hmm. outburst, um, the, the questions resurfaced. At the start of the season, um, there, there were there were a couple of, of sort of quips of um, oh, you know, you're an Italian team, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's Udinese reserves or whatever. But that seemed to die down a lot between probably. Um, I would say probably the last time I heard that was at Derby away mm. um, and, and we, we shuffled away from there very quickly before we could get any more comments but we didn't really hear that that again until um, until Ian Holloway mm. you know, said what he said and then really yes there has been a lot more attention both nationally and, and on match days and, and yes what you find is that, you know, the local radio um, team get asked all the questions pre, yeah, before the game from the opposition local radio and national radio so how many low knees are going to be playing today and mm. Uh, you know, if I had a pound for every time, I said, "Well, actually, technically, there's only one. That's mm. Nathaniel Chalabar. Now it's two, possibly Matthew Briggs, because all the rest are on season-long loans, and they're they're technically not loan signings. But the message is from from all the the, you know, the media attention we're getting now is loans, loans, loans. Yeah, um, well, I'm glad that your conversation in the press box, same ones that I'm sure Watford fans are having in the pub and at work and with their mates, who seem to think we are just a 
uh, alone team. But yeah, I, I was wondering maybe after the matches whether they ask who that lanky guy on loan from Chelsea is, and more, you know, more about Chaloba because he's been so so crucial. And you know, he arrived as a 17-year-old, and the thing for me this season's been not how reliant we've become on him, but just how astonishingly well he's played. And for all the loanees, and some of them are going to go right, some of them are going to go wrong. It's been a guy on loan from a club in London who's really been, you know, outstanding. Well, and it's quite ironic that it's that that's how Watford have used the loan market what in the last four or five years to great effect with the likes of Tom Cleverley and Henry Lansbury, um, and I'm forgetting probably loads of others. Um, but Craig Kafka. <laughs> <laughs> that was the one. That was the one. <laughs> Um, Andros Townsend. Uh, I'll, I'll raise you, <laughs> Andros Townsend. I'll, I'll chuck in a Danny Drinkwater. But that's exactly how, how Watford have used it in the last couple of seasons, isn't it? Two or three seasons is, is, is getting the, you know, the crucial players in, just like your, your Chalabars. I mean, I think he eclipses all the, the other two. I mean, yeah, we, we thought we were lucky with Cleverly and Lansbury, and they were great. And it's no surprise to me, certainly, that you know, Cleverly's gone on and is now a regular for England. This boy... He, if, if he goes in the right, in the same direction as that, goodness me, goodness me, what a player! And, and, and yeah, uh, but going back to your question, your, your original point, I don't think he has had the recognition. No? I think that has been lost in in everything else. If it's all it's all been about Vidra um, and, and all the other players for, from Udinese and Granada, and I think he's maybe that's a good thing that people haven't given him attention. I'm sure opposition managers have. But um, not so much to give him any awards. And, and Matos Vidra obviously got the, the Player of the Season award or Player of the Year from, from the Football League. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting that, that that's, that's been lost and that's been a, a loan similar to what lots of other championship clubs rely on and, and, and have to live by the, the, these days. And could, yeah, whoever, whoever is responsible for that one, wow, what, what, what a fine that was. Yeah. Now, John, you've been commentating Watford for five years now? Fifth season, yeah. Fifth season. Yep. We've heard your voice. Uh, all the time, but we're starting to see your face a little bit more, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I do apologise for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a brand new offering. I think that uh, we've been trying to do plenty of work this year on, on uh, Hornets player with the club, just to you know, try and give that a, a bigger profile, a bit of a boost. And along with, it's been a big, a really good partnership, a, a new show that's been born mm. um, called The Hornets Show, which uh, it was originally filmed pretty much as a, as a pilot. We then sort of tweaked it a little bit um, and that... The, the real experts are, are some students that we've worked with at Buxton University and we've had some help and some guidance and some consultancy from another Watford fan, a nice high profile one in Adam Leventhal cool. from Sky Sports who, who's helped us out. And uh, I think the end result has come out. We're all really, really pleased with, with how it looks. Um, so fingers crossed that will become a, a monthly Watford fans TV show, which uh, you know, we can only hope will grow and grow. Because you're also doing the Watford weekend now, um, like a proper little radio show every single week. Yeah, every weekend, um, you know, a preview show on on the Thursday night straight Friday, and then trying to round the you know the action off. Really, just sort of packaging together maybe what happened before, but putting all the interviews in one place. And and certainly for sort of two thirds of the season, I think we've managed to achieve that. Certainly pre-match in, in trying to speak to some ex-players who've had uh, you know an involvement in a famous match before. Um, that yeah brings its own challenges in, in finding those guys and getting them on the phone and stuff as as we we always would. But uh, again, that, that's that's been great. It's just. As you say, I think you know, out of all of us, that there were, for want of a better word, a commercial probably word is you know gaps in the market, and you know, no fans had ever done a podcast before, and and I think you know there's there's a say a lack. That's probably the, that's being unfair, but the lack of opportunity on local radio these days, and that's born out of 
lack of opportunity on local radio. Nothing to do with those people yeah, that work yeah, in yeah. it. You know, that, that, that sport isn't covered as much because there aren't the resources and that there aren't the budgets these days. So um, more and more clubs are going to be doing their own things. You know, there's not masses of resource at Watford. But hopefully th through that, yeah, we're just trying to do something extra. And, and obviously fans pay for a subscription. Um, I know the majority of people subscribe to listen to the matches. But if there are others out there as well that want a little bit of extra Watford stuff during the week, mm. then hopefully we're there to provide it. No, because um, they, like I say, commercial radio-wise, they've, they've all called Heart these days and mm. they, they, they're never going to cover sports. And then the BBC Counties, you know, you, you do the commentary for, they're fantastic. They sort of, we're the number one club for them. Um, but those little times outside of commentary, they, they're just having, because of the BBC, they've got to cover everything, they've got to cover five football clubs. So everything you're doing on the, on the Hornets player um, is, is fantastic to get that, just that little bit more for the, all the Watford fans. Has the reaction been good? Yes, it has, and I think hopefully we're, you know, we're picking up a, fi a few more subscribers, which uh, that keeps the club happy commercially. Yes, it's just hopefully providing the fans with, with, with something that they, they know is going to be Watford-related. And, and yeah, that they, they haven't got to, um, to battle with, with fans of other clubs. And you know, the patch we're in, obviously, you know, there are four or five other clubs in that area that, that have to be provided for and reported on on, on a, any given Saturday, any given match day. So um, clubs w w can do... Yeah, much more and be more creative with their own content during the week and in and around match days, which is why sort of th this idea was was born. Um, and yeah, hopefully that's what what we've managed to achieve, and we'll carry on doing it. I think for for as long as people want to listen to it, and um, maybe the feedback from here will be turn it off. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> let, let's hope not. And it, it, it's great. And um, I think with some sort of technical expertise, which uh, I know I can rely on from uh, from members of this podcast, um, <laughs> then then there are different ways of doing things and you know certainly I hope it can continue next season and you know I'd like to involve a lot more people um, you know, and get some get some fans on it um, yeah. you know in a in a match preview stroke match review way keeping you know keeping the the ethos of, of the Watford, what the Watford weekend is it's it's about the match it's about historic matches maybe but that, that's, that's where it sits. It's not going to be a, a comment and, and stuff. Maybe the Hornets show will become a bit more of a um, let's talk about more about what's happened and could, hap could happen. But this is very much on Saturday. We're playing today. We're playing Cardiff. It's all about us playing Cardiff today. Okay. Before I ask any questions, Marcello Trotter. <laughs> um, <laughs> talking to a man who's seen so many Watford games, we need to ask you the question, what have you made of it on the pitch this season? It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, I think we've been very lucky. I think I've been very lucky. Probably in the sort of in the time that I've been commentating, I've been watching Watford a lot longer than, than that. Um, but you know, we've had relatively good seasons under Malky Mackay and Sean Dyche previously in, in very different circumstances, very different circumstances, and success has been relative. Um, you know, the quality of football that, that we've seen this season um, you know, it's been breathtaking at times and it's probably has been as good as, as any of us have probably ever seen in our lifetime um, and people much older than me that have been watching Watford <laughs> a lot longer than me would tell me that as well um, but um, and I hope I really hope that that doesn't get lost if the season doesn't turn out and end how we all want it to you know because what, what they've achieved, what this group of players have achieved, um, and what the management team have achieved, in, in you know, so much has been said about the loans, but you know, let's break it down that 
I, I don't have the number of how many new players effectively are hired from last season, but to to, to pull together a team and, and get a successful team playing the type of football we've seen, top scorers in the championship, not quite the country anymore, but top scorers in the championship, 76 goals with six games to go, is just ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Um, it has just been fantastic. And the bigger picture is, obviously, this club now, thankfully, is in such a, a better state and a better position than it has been for any of the last however many years, that, yes, if, this, if we're not playing Premier League football next season, then we should, should be battling at the right end of the championship for many years to come, with hopefully then the odd journey into the Premier League thrown in. So how fantastic is that? Great credit to, great credit to the manager or management team, and, and also say two quick things to the new players, but also the players that were here last season, because it would have been very, very easy for lots of cliques to involve, cliques to, to have emerged at the, at the changing ground. Um, who are all these guys coming in? I'm sure there are probably a plenty of lads that have gone, I'm not really sure about this. However, I've been up there and I've seen a player from last season who's hardly featured this season and sat there and, and listened to him and watched him tell a player on a Friday, the day before a game, who was going to be playing in his position, this is the guy you need to watch out for and he does this and he does this a lot. And that was very, very early on in the season. And that, I think, speaks volumes for the professionalism of all the players that, at this club. You know, not just, obviously, lots have had headlines, but take my hat off to all of them because a lot of them have, have not played much football but have come in at times and have done a job and great credit to all of them. Have you had a particular favourite game that you've commentated on this season? Wow, there's been a few I have to say, um, you know, which again is great isn't it? I mean, and again when we look back we're starting to see the, the goal of the season nominations and I'm sure we're looking at you know, what was the best display of the season and it's so nice to have so many to choose from. Um, winning 6-1 at Leeds was fantastic. Um, I thought the I think the one that sticks out for me, I would say, probably the win at Brighton, because I thought that we was probably at the around the peak of, of where we were. I know a lot of we made probably Huddersfield here at Vicarage Road, but that win at Brighton against a, a promotion rival, at the, you know, in the top six at that time, to, to play the way we did, you know, it was scandalous. It was nil nil at half time. We should have been out of sight. We, we missed a couple of chances. Kushat made a couple of good saves. Um, go one and up get pegged back and then the two goals in two minutes um, you know I know that I'm sure there'll be a goal here that will win goal of the season for me though my vote and I'm quite happy to stay Vidra is second at Brighton for me it's just the most exciting goal I've seen for such a long time you know to, to kill three defenders with his pace like that and still to finish as well you know I know we've seen his finishing ability but that was just such an exciting goal um, I apologise for my commentary on that because <laughs> I was like I'm sure I was out of my seat and then because it was just brilliant and it, that was exactly that epitomised probably this team in terms of it's got you off it's got bums on seats or it should get more bums on seats but it's got bums off seats from the rookery end uh, Jason and uh, Dave just checking their uh, Grand Nationals anything boys uh, I've got third I'll get something back on that I've got, a, I think, a second and a third, and but yeah, my main hope is on his way to Tesco, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, the Yin might have won, but it's our time to find the winner of our Marvin Sordell uh, signed England shirt. Um, we finally have a correct uh, answer. Jason, we might have given a few too many hints last week on the podcast. Uh, the five winners we have who are going to pull out, uh, pull out the hat. Uh, one is... In no particular order, they are uh, Matthew Ashby, James Franklin, Felix Carrasco... Mike Lash and Matthew Messiano. 
The winning answer, uh, as given uh, from Marvin, is this. Got Lopes, <coughs> Lloyd Doyley, Martin Taylor, A.D. Mariapa, Andy Taylor, Will Buckley, Tom Clevier, uh, Jordan Much, Don Cowie, myself and Danny Graham. So, John, can you pick a winner out of the, the lucky woolly hat? It's quite a warm woolly hat. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say sweaty, but it's no, quite warm. There's definitely no um, hair products on there. <laughs> no, no, well, I wasn't going to say. No danger to that. Okay. The winner Another is? Winner. Uh, Matthew Messiano. Messiano. Well, yes, Messiano. Thank you very much, Matthew. You're the signed uh, Marvin Sordell England under-21 shirt. Uh, it's on its way to you uh, as soon as the postman can do it. Read the musings and ramblings on the podcast blog at fromtherookeryend.com. Now, I've got my ticket for my seat in the rookery today. Um, Jason, you got yours? I have, yes. And Dave, you got yours? I certainly do. Uh, now, the club today, though, and the Vicarage Road End, they're trialling unreserved seating on what, so the west side of Vicarage Road End, uh, the bit that's normally the family bit. 2,000, something, seats uh, possible. I think the sales have been going fairly well. Someone, someone on Twitter sort of said about 1,000 or over 1,000 at least uh, before the game. Now, Jason, we went to the At Your Place last week. They talked a lot about the ticketing and on the rest of it. This sort of seems to be part of the, the club's trying to expand their, their different policies on ticketing and they've got their own uh, ticket focus group now, haven't they? They have, yes. It was, it was mentioned in the forum and it was sort of put forward if there's uh, people out there that want to join to get in touch with the club. Um, so if you've got a particular uh, point you want to put across or you feel strongly about ticketing at Vicarage Road, then uh, get in touch with the club and, and get involved, I'd say. Uh, but what do you, how do you think about this, this as, a, as an idea, though, the, the unreserved seat? I think it's a good idea. Um, obviously, there's a lot of guys that have gone, made the move today that, are, that want to spend the time singing, want to get behind the, the team and create a better atmosphere. Um, I think it's the best place for it, the North Stand. It's near the away fans. There'll be a, a good lot of banter there. And yeah, I'm looking forward to what I'm hoping will happen is that with that extra atmosphere up there, it'll encourage the rest of the ground to, to sing. Um, okay. And that we'll still have a, 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 or hopefully have a better atmosphere in the rookery end as well. But can I think about it from the point of view of the club sort of trying to sell tickets to different ways, to different fans? We, we, you know, we've all got our season tickets, we're season ticket holders. We're always going to come, unless you're on the stag yep. do in Amsterdam. Um, <laughs> But it's going to be, it could be a thing where football fans who don't have season tickets, they might, in a few days before, if we're playing well in the Premier League or even the Championship, they might go, you know what, I've got, if I can pay cash on the, you know, in the in a few days and not worry about where I'm sitting and I can grab my three mates and we can go yeah, watch a off a game, it should encourage that as well, shouldn't it? Absolutely, yeah, there's that as well. Um, let's not forget, before we moved the home end down here, we were all in the North Stand in the late 90s and I... I used to do that. I used to mm, turn up and sort of. I sometimes I'd come on my own, just meet my mates here and sort of pot up as to where I'd end up. If usually more often than not, I'd end up with my mates. So uh, yeah, that, that works well then. Now, Dave, uh, you, uh, you you're a big fan of Twitter, and yesterday <laughs> uh, I noticed um, a guy called uh, Brad Simmons at Simmons uh, B95. Uh, he tweeted: "Thousand Watford FC fans have moved to the Vicarage Road end as of today. So this is Friday. Retweet, please. May convince more to move." Hashtag unreserved seating, hashtag atmosphere. Jason mentioned the atmosphere, and I think that was sort of in your response to him, the bit that you were uh, questioning, the, the atmosphere aspect. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't a personal dig at him, and fair enough for him for, for trying to do it. And yeah. I agree with quite a lot, or nearly all that Jason said. Uh, my concern about this idea of an atmosphere is that I think it's something that develops naturally, and, well, evidence might be if it could try that it, it doesn't <laughs> develop naturally, more to the point, but... I would have concerns about artificially trying to create an atmosphere. And I mean, I might have 
per personal views about uh, the stadium announcer and, the, and what he does and how we use music. And I think it's got better, but we could do more to generate a good atmosphere. Um, I don't, we don't need him shouting down a microphone at us to try and start singing songs. And he's stopped doing that a bit, which is good. But, you know, I just, I'm slightly dreading the day where they hand out song sheets and, you know, we, they're obligatory songs and they've got those scarves and stuff that they hand out at Chelsea to try and create, or flags to try and create an atmosphere. And I just think, you know, like a lot of clubs, Watford fans are pretty quiet at home and pretty vocal away. And, and that's one of the reasons I love going to away games. Um, you know, this season is I love going because we've won most of them. But uh, <laughs> but in general, you know that the people there have made a emotional, physical, and financial commitment to get to away games as they do to home games. But it's you know, there's nothing better than going up to Yorkshire and making a real racket and us beating the local team. And it's great. And I just worry that by trying to trying to create an atmosphere slightly unnaturally at Vicarage Road, that it won't work. Um, well, I don't think the that's, that's, I don't think it's been the aim of the club. No. let's say, but it sort of seems to be the fans have sort of said, "Hey, this is our opportunity to do that," which in some ways is natural. It, yeah. it's, it's going to take a bit of time, but that has to, that would have to happen every single week, and then that bunch of five blokes who went this week would go yeah. next week, the week after, week after. No, I, yeah, and all I'd say, I don't want to sound like a nimby, but I wouldn't want it in the rookery end um, because one of you know one of the reasons you commit financially to a season ticket is that I can turn up at five to three when we're playing at three o'clock and and know where my seat is and know I'm going to be sitting next to the same people and I I wouldn't want it I wouldn't want it down here uh, <laughs> I do sound like I'm in Yorkshire but uh, yeah I, I wouldn't want it in a career end I mean I think the real problem with um, the lack of atmosphere at Rose is the fact we don't have four stands yeah. um, did you see the uh, apparently Manchester United in their mass, the biggest club stadium in the country have uh, hired a sound acoustic engineer yeah. to uh, figure out why it doesn't sound loud enough yeah, I mean, I've been to Old and it is, it is quiet there. Yeah, I've also sat in grounds with Manchester United fans, well, near Manchester United fans, here. Wonderful atmosphere. I think they're the best away fans in the country by quite a long way. I went to Fulham and sat in the neutral end, which was full of United fans, and there was an absolutely incredible atmosphere. And so there's clearly not a problem with their fans. You know, all the jokes about prawn sandwiches aside, it's not their fans. It's something about a home crowd and expectation, and they have issues around tourist fans that... We don't quite have at the moment, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not yet. no, not yet. But let, let's see. I, I just, you know, maybe if it goes well, great. And let's let's think about what happens if, as as and when we get four stands. Um, but I do think generally the atmospheres, the best atmospheres I've ever been in as a Watford fan, have been created out of a moment on the pitch or something kicking off or a ref or. You know, they haven't been because we've decided all to sit in the same place. It's and Gareth Malone stood at the front and orchestrated our yeah, scene. Yeah, I just, I just a little bit. I just think, you know, well, what I hope we hear today is them getting behind the team. What I don't want to hear, and this is maybe a debate for another podcast, is singing about Luton. Yeah, yeah, yeah I want to hear. Let's be positive. We've got six games to go, and you know, I know I say my piece about do we want to go up or not, but six games to go. We win six games chances are we'll probably be in the Premiership and so let's be positive and get behind the team yeah. rather than sing about a team 20 miles up the road who we haven't played in eight years you know so I hope it's a positive thing rather than baiting your away fans and singing about a non-league team who we never play. Well um, the interesting was uh, Matt Rowson um, replied to, to you um, Matt Rowson a Watford blogger um, be happy and uh, a friend of the podcast uh, he said that um, his crazy idea would be to, to get a terrace and for them to stand up like it used to be. Um, uh, we're going away next week to, uh, to Peterborough and there is a terrace. Jason, terraces are amazing, aren't they? I love terraces. We, we've done the terrace thing before, John. I think uh, uh, certainly Barnet, I think. Yes. I remember that, remember that one quite well. That was good fun. 
Um, and yeah, I think the simple science is that you can get more people standing closer together on a terrace and more people make more noise. I like the idea there's a lot of uh, Germany, they do a lot of um, safe standing, don't they? Yeah. With a certain new sort of setup, and they are, they're, they're technically seats but they can lift the seats up and there's a, a proper sort of barrier for you to, sta to stand against. And maybe, maybe when we get this fourth stand, they might be allowed to, not pretty they're allowed to at the moment, but they might be allowed to, something like that. Yeah, I know the club are one of the clubs who've said that they're interested in thinking about it and I think that's a, a good thing. I think we could learn a lot from German football. Um, you know, the whole model, it's so cheap. The, play, the fans have more of a genuine say. They keep producing brilliant players. Um, you know, very accessible, yeah, and they have safe standing. So, um, yeah, in fact, one of the things I've been saying to my mates I'd like to do is go and watch a game in Germany just because the, the stadiums and atmosphere look absolutely insane and, yeah, affordable and great. So, no, um, I hope it does happen here, safe standing. I'd, I'd, I'd be up for that, yeah. Uh, well, today we're going to be sitting because um, we can't stand. Yeah. Um, but until we I, score. Until we score. Well, I, I hope to be on my feet. And then we'll be, then we'll be jumping. See you on the terrace next week, bonging around, hopefully in the way end, as, uh, as Matty Vidra scores another brace. So, yeah. <laughs> this is British Sombolonga doing the conga on from the rookery end. Uh, we, uh, we stay outside because Rose after uh, Watford nil, Cardiff nil. Dave, uh, we left the game. How are you feeling about that one? Yeah, I think a bit of a wasted opportunity. I'd like to have seen us go for it a bit more. I thought they chased us like Harry Styles at a Cougar convention in the first half. <laughs> I thought Kim was outstanding in midfield for them in just not giving us any time. Mm. Went on Chaloba. I mean, Gunnarsson is a filthy player for them, isn't he? <laughs> I love to have him in our team. Um, I mean, he is a Malkin Mackay player. and You know, he just didn't give us any space and pushed and packed and niggled at us. How he got away without booking for so long, I don't know. Then he kicked the ball away five minutes ago and didn't get anything. The ref had a shocker. I'd like to, us to have gone for it a bit more. Vidro, his brother's wearing his shirt it's, or something. It's, 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 like, it's like the Priskin uh, conundrum from years ago. He's, he's a different player at the moment, isn't he? Um, it's frustrating. Yeah, I, There's 20 goals in him because he scored 20 goals. But yeah. 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 Well, have, have, have players worked him out? Is it that well, they're, they're, he's getting a lot more attention? They're, they're, yeah, there's a little bit of that you can play him out of the game, but there are bits. <coughs> he does actually look, he looks tired. Yeah, he does. And he's, you know, he hasn't got 90 minutes in him. No. I don't know, and I, I actually always worry about this about our Watford team, because all these players came to us very late, and you don't have a full pre-season, they don't have the fitness. And that was, that, a, that was sort of, yeah. that's always been the back of my head, and he sort of, seems to have that for me yeah, yeah, two, yeah he had two international games yeah. and he's not really yeah the thing with Vidra is that he was he had a long term injury didn't yeah. he before he came to yeah. us so I, I think that will have a big bearing on his fitness um, he's never had a season like this where he's no, played so many games no he won't have done oh, really? um, I don't think no, so I mean, you think there can't be there's not many leagues in Europe where they play 46 games a season through the winter yeah. as well yeah. hopefully we'll only have to play 46 but it looks increasingly like we might have to play 49 league fixtures <laughs> to uh, I will say that Marshall's save from Deanie's header at the oh, end was amazing. extraordinary yeah, was save. Take. And not sure we would have deserved it, but you know, Troy did well, we battled hard, didn't get anything. Yeah. You know, I thought Barnett and Turner at the back just didn't give him anything. Mm. They're really physical and nasty and yeah, you know, they are a decent team, aren't they? Yeah, well, I mean that that defence is, is the 
biggest reason why they're probably the yeah. best part of that team, yeah. especially yeah Turner and like I say Barnett. No, Turner was immense today. I noticed he got the, the bottle at the end of the match yeah. there from Sky, and I think he thoroughly deserved it. No, he, he did. I, I have to say when Connolly went off injured after about ten minutes, and McNaughton, McNaughton came on. on. Yeah, I was I was squealing with delight when McNaughton yeah. came on. <laughs> he, he did pretty well actually. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm a bit upset. You know, Briggs had a ball the ball a lot oh, on the left. My man. I just can't can't cross. Yeah, well, no, no, he can cross, but he needs to about he's got five seconds man. too early. Yeah, he does. He, yeah, he does need time. He's, he's got, yeah, the man's the, 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 closing down. He can't get past him. And beat beat didn't go for it down the right side. I don't understand no. why Anya doesn't go for it more. He, you know, at Barnsley, I went there and he, the, the, the chances we had came from him accelerating and pushing past people, and he just. He just didn't do it enough, and again, I just feel we, mm, we could have gone for it. They, they were more wary of Cardiff. I, mean, I, I completely agree with what you said about their midfield as well. I, I, I thought the um, as it, Kim, isn't it, the, yeah. the guy in the midfield who, as well as sort of chasing us down, looked really comfortable on the ball. And I must say, when Hogg came on, I thought Hogg made a bit of a difference. That was a good I, I thought, that was I thought, a good yeah, and, I, and all of a sudden Kim didn't look as confident. Hogg was getting in his face. He was hustling, I think. wasn't and he? That, yeah, and, and that made a bit of a difference to us. So uh, yeah, that's not yeah, the top show's game, that one. No. You know, no, uh, no. What I did, um, I did, what I did uh, my, my favourite thing about Tocha to come through is he's always thinking forward and always going forward. There's several times that you release trying that. The bit I think I noticed was, you know, you compare Cardiff to, to everyone else that we've had here, the speed, they were on us so much quicker and we weren't doing our game quicker in that first half and that was, that was why we weren't sort of getting into the game. But my favourite that game was the last 10 minutes Yeah. where, yes, we were behind, yes, yes we weren't, yeah, necessarily getting those goals in but we were doing our game and we stuck to our game yeah we did we weren't panicking we weren't you know trying to do stupid things and, and let goals in but they were controlling the ball passing the ball and going for it yeah. and that's great and like you say if Cardiff if we're playing a team that doesn't have as good a um, back four as Cardiff well, maybe not, no one else does no. maybe, well, that, <laughs> and then that, that play that we saw at the end we stick with that. Late in any games, the teams we're going to be playing, we're getting goals, and yeah. that's 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 a nice. You know, I know it wasn't a win, but it's a nice feeling to leave the game with. Yeah, I mean, last five games, not only won one, and you know, it's a bit of a shame. We're kind of losing a bit of momentum, but we were so good from Christmas to February that we, you know, <laughs> if we'd been like that, we'd we'd be top of the league. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a disappointment that we didn't really go for it a bit more, but. You know, that's the that's on paper is the hardest match we'll have for the rest of the season. Yeah. And onwards to Peterborough, onwards Blackburn. to the terrace at Peterborough. What do we there. think of the uh, yeah. what do we think of the unreserved I, section? I, I must have first half. I thought they they, they were a bit quiet. I don't know. They seemed a bit quieter than I expected first half. I, I thought the atmosphere in the rookery was a lot better than I expected yeah, it to be first half. Second half, we got a bit quiet down here. And there were a couple of times where I thought the uh, the rookie drone end got the rookie end going. Yep, they they, yeah, they yeah. come up some chance and the rookie joined in, and that's that's good. That's that's what I wanted to happen today. I wanted to have that sort of link and, and each end getting the other end going and, and sort of bringing that atmosphere in. Yeah. So there was a bit of obsession um, of chanting at the Cardiff fans. At yeah. The and that's that's what I kind of meant when we talked before the game that let's be positive and get behind Watford. We've got great opportunity, etc. And we've got some great players playing exciting football. Um, I'd like to, you know, I really thought the, the professor was going to curl that free kick into yeah. the top oh, yeah, corner because yeah, 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 he's yeah. done it so many times. And I know it's the camera shot was on here, but <laughs> yeah, um, it is what it is. I, I, 
I have to say, fair play to Gianfranco for giving Malky loads of abuse during the game. Who, I really actually, like that. But, uh, he and did, it, but do you know what I liked about that? Malky was all the gamesmanship, and y- yeah. y- you love a manager that when he's your manager. Yeah. But there was a point in the game where Zola wasn't having any of it. He no. was in his far corner doing his thing, and it was one of the assistants. Yeah, yeah. He was a proper pure Italian passion. <laughs> yeah, kind of it hey, and he was in Malky's face, and then yeah. Zola came with, hey, calm down. Put, yeah, put calm down. Away, isn't it? I, yeah. And, you know, when you are that good a footballer, you had that great a career. And that's small. Yeah, that's yeah. small. Yeah, maybe. Malky would just... sit on him and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has to put a bit of weight on Yeah, the food's good in Cardiff, yeah, isn't Yeah, I'm going to say. Yeah. He has to the pies. Um, but um, I'm, I'm sort of happy as you can be with the draw. Yeah, listen, look at, look at the last week. Harl and Cardiff, four points. If you'd offered us that, I think most of us would probably have taken it. It's just the nature of it meant that I would have liked to have gone for it a bit more. And I was really worried when Ekstrand and Cassetti got taken out by Armunia at the corner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought... But good... good uh, again, Marco Cassetti. Marco is wonderful. I love Marco Cassetti. He is, yeah. I know, definite man crush of the season. I see <laughs> the guy, Richard, I sit next to him. He goes, oh, oh don't, I went, don't you ever doubt Cassetti. Yeah, no. <laughs> don't you ever doubt Cassetti. Believe in the beard. Yeah, he's too cool. He's too cool. By the way, also, if you watch... Um, as they're doing the team announcements, the photograph of him is earlier in the season when he didn't have his beard. Really? He doesn't look as cool. No, we need it's to all have about the beard. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, uh, on a little away trip to the uh, wonderful town of Peterborough. It's still on. Come on, you arms. <laughs> <laughs>